You're listening to the Arrowhead Live Podcast Network. Thank you, Kansas City. We did it, baby. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Aftermath Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Tenpenny, joined by my co-host, CJ Jones. CJ, it's another Victory Monday, my man. This is becoming a theme. I kind of like this trend, Chris. We need to keep this going, my man. And not only is it a victory Monday, it is a first place in the AFC with the two-game lead on the Chargers because just about everything that went could happen right for the Chiefs happened on Sunday, man. It's just it's just a good feeling in Chiefs kingdom right now. You couldn't ask for a better Sunday, man. Not only did we get the dub, we handled our business. The Buffalo Bills lost in dramatic fashion. The Chargers Ooh. lost. The Broncos lost. The Raiders lost to Jeff Saturday. Jesus Lord. I don't think you can ask for a better Sunday, bro. Like you just said, there's nothing better than that. Yeah, it was it was picture perfect. Um, you know, as far as the outcomes, you know, there were some things on the field Sunday that maybe the Chiefs would like to clean up. But let's, I mean, let's just get right into it. Chiefs won 27-17. You look at the stat sheet, and it's like the Jags won the time of possession. The Jags were plus three in the turnovers. The Jags opened the game with an onside kick, so they onside stole kick. they oh stole God. a possession from the Chiefs. And despite all that, it never really felt like the Chiefs were ever in jeopardy of losing that game. <laughs> Absolutely. You could tell Doug Peterson came into the game saying they were desperate to have an onside kick with the opening kickoff. I haven't seen that in a very, very long time. That's usually what player or teams do when they're desperate to try to get a win because they know they can't keep up with the other team. So that lets you know what kind of type of time they were on. I kind of felt if you're going to do that, you probably do that in the middle of the game, not at the beginning of the game to try to steal the possession because if you do it, you have to score. So like you said, for them to do all that, we outgained them on yardage. We ran the ball better than them, which is very encouraging Oof. to see. The Jacksonville was one of the better rushing teams in the league coming into the game with um, with Trevor with Trevor Etienne. So for them to do that, and then obviously we had more first downs. Um, obviously they had we had zero penalties, which is crazy. I never thought we, that would happen. The way we've been getting <laughs> the, last, the last month, see us have no penalties is crazy. But overall, yeah, we they pretty much had some good possessions in time of the game that they they made some plays as far as their receivers. But overall. We pretty much had the game in control most of the game, Chris. And me and you were both there in attendance at the same time. So now Chris can tell it from his perspective, ladies and gentlemen. I won't be the only one talking about that the game. So Chris, right. did you see that you liked that the game? Uh, I saw number 19. That's uh, Kadarius Tony is what I liked in the game. And he just had a different energy. You could see, if you're watching on TV, you could see. It didn't matter where you're watching, whether you're at home in the stands, from the blimp above the stadium you could see 19 was out there making moves tell them where you sat at tell (laughs) them be specific we were about 12 rows back on the 50 yard line so you know had only in the big baller guys it's no i got a buddy who's a big baller hey jack (laughs) (laughs) but uh but uh you know it's a good vantage point and a lot of what Kadarius did was on in the middle of the field outside of the touchdown and the jump ball, man, having someone other than Jody Forson that can go up and do a jump ball plus yeah. the other skills that he has. Contesting. I, mean, I, I haven't seen someone stop jumping and raise up like oh, that yes. on and wearing a chief's uniform in a long time. And wow. so just, just seeing that happen, man, I, I, you know, everyone had their own opinion on Kadarius and I think the, the it's still the same for the most part. Like, if this dude stays healthy, he's going to be a weapon the next few years for the Chiefs and Mahomes. 
Absolutely. You have a guy like that who can make contested catches, can win one-on-one. We obviously know how special he is in the middle of the field, like Chris said, with his speed and his athleticism. He can essentially beat anyone in one-on-one coverage in the middle of the field, whether it be a linebacker or a safety. You add that extra element to the already the guys of Juju who beats coverage. Trav sets the tone for everyone else. MVS is the deep shot. And honestly, the catch of the, the day may get one up because obviously we all love the KT catch. That MVS catch on third down? Yeah. With the left hand? That may be – we just talked about Noah Gray. That may arguably be better than that catch. Yeah. <laughs> so, Marquez is going to catch seven out of ten out of the drop seven out of ten on the catch dummy, but he's going to make these one handers and that was an <laughs> I'll be too harsh on the man. That'd be too harsh, but no, no, you're good. No. He's like, but that's the thing with MBS. He's a great deep threat. We know how good he is catching the ball down the field on explosive plays. Everyone knows the stat of the twenty plus yard catches. Right. So that's his thing. But if he's making catches with one hand like that, and we wanted to catch it with two, if he's doing that and he's that confident, it's going to get real scary for this offense, Chris. I'm very, very happy going forward with this wide receiver core. It was a big day for a lot of guys, and it was a bad day for some other guys as far as guys that didn't even really play. Like McColl, McColl's had a great season, but if Kadarius keeps playing like that, Chiefs are not paying McColl Hardman, regardless of what his stats say this year. He's yeah, gone. It, it and you know who else was active? Got his name called in the oh, in the offense, running out of the tunnel with the fire coming out pregame, who didn't really play? <laughs> Clyde and that man Clyde ain't probably coming back either after the Chiefs. You know they made their decision on their two guys. It looks like to me, Pacheco's going to be there to run the ball, and and McKinnon's going to be there to catch the ball. And Clyde's uh, Andy said it wasn't part of the game plan, and it just kind of happened. But I think the writing's on the wall for for those two Chiefs players right there, uh, based on how how we saw the offense go on Sunday. Absolutely. And we knew coming into this year, these rooms, and I said it in August, they're going to be very deep in a lot of positions, mainly being our tight end, our running back, and our receiver rooms. And unfortunately, somebody's going to have to be the odd man out, like Chris said. And I think you kind of want that because I've been preaching this depth over having top-end talent. I know having that number one guy is great, but if they go down for a certain period of time, what do you do? And when you have multiple guys you can depend on and make plays, it makes you that much more aggressive and that much, you, much harder to defend in the playoffs because you can't just say, oh, this is the one guy they're going to get the ball to. Well, there's three or four guys you have to stop in this room, so you don't know whose guy whose game is going to be this week. So Isaiah Pacheco set the tone, and he made a couple of mistakes with the fumble, but yeah. in Andy Reid fashion, he gives the ball right back to you when you make a mistake and allows you to correct your mistakes. And we've seen that with Kareem Hunt. We saw that with Nicole Hardman. We've seen it with plenty of other players. When they drop the ball, put it on the ground, or make a mistake, he lets you correct yourself and give you that confidence boost, which we love that from Andy. So he did his thing. And Jerry McKinnon, your guy, another clip. This is coming coming a thing, man. And another week of him putting somebody in, in the box when it comes to that pass, bro. Jeremy, he may be top five in the league at pass, bro. I'm not even lying. Bro. He's so good. He, he has so much trust. It's every week, bro. So I'm super excited about him and Isaiah going forward. Pacheco just runs so hard, like you said. And if they can show that consistency running the football like that, with 155 yards rushing. When we run the ball like that, Chris, I've said it over and over. They truly can't stop us because we know what we can do when we throw the football, man. Right, and it's nice that, you know, I, I've been pretty harsh on the running backs for the most part, and I, I think all of what I've said in the past is still – I still believe, whether it's true or not, that's your own opinion, but I, I still believe. But when you only go to two guys, it makes it a lot easier for those two guys to get in a rhythm. So it, uh, it masks yeah. those deficiencies because, you know, like I said – the three of them at this point in their careers, none of them are top end guys. All of them have, you know, some issues. But when you play three of them, those those deficiencies they all have is shows a lot more. You're never in a rhythm. You're, you're, but when you know you give Pacheco the ball 16 times, when you're letting, you know, I think 
what McKinnon had five or six targets or so on the game. Like when that's when you're not splitting it three ways and you're not splitting it two, it makes it for a much better offense. And we saw that on Sunday. No, absolutely. And you have that third guy in an emergency situation. If somebody gets right. dinged up or anything, somebody can come in. Like obviously, we're going to send our prayers to guys like Juju, and we hope he comes back. And obviously, Pat said in the press, we got to talk about that. Yeah, yeah, obviously. What'd you think? What'd you think, man? Uh, I mean, it's football. Like we said last week, we want guys to be physical and have the right. ability to play. But in that type of instance, the definition is by when you catch the ball, before you make a football move, you're a defenseless player. So he caught the ball. He didn't have a chance to turn his head and to see the defender to make a move. He caught the ball and immediately was hit, and it was clear head-to-head contact. So in, in my opinion, when I watched it and I watched the replay live, I thought it, I thought it would have been a call. Because it's just such a loud hit, and I heard, mm-hmm. and I felt like everyone heard or saw the helmet to helmet contact. For them not to call it, it doesn't shock me. But I think most people agreed that that was probably a call that should have been made. I'm not, I'm not like super up and roar. Like, how do you not call that? It definitely should have been called. But they let the guys play because we had some bang bang plays as well. But well, here's my issue with them to cut you off. But like, I'm with you. Like, if there was no flag thrown, it happening live watching it because around the middle field, I was on the other side line, but like. It didn't look egregious. Now the way Juju reacted and how he was on the yeah, ground, yeah. like that, that made it seem okay. Maybe this was worse than it actually exactly. looked alive to me. But my biggest issue is they did throw the flag. They, they threw the flag, saw my man down on the field, and they're like, "Ah, oh, no, nah, it wasn't." It picked up. That was what made it worse. It's one oh, thing if they don't even throw the flag. Yeah, it's the other thing to see Juju's reaction to be like, "Oh, that was shoulder to shoulder." Oh, <laughs> Pick no. it up. Like, I throw the flag. So one of you felt clearly felt it was a flag. So why'd you pick it up? Because it wasn't like clear as day, like, oh, he didn't hit him. It was head to head. You just saw the So you threw the flag, said, now nah, I'm picking it up. So yeah, like, that's what made it worse. Uh, it was like, I guess. I'm like, I, I don't get where they got that conclusion from. But, bro, like, like I you have said, no idea. Refs in Kansas City Chiefs haven't blended a lot this year. So it's, it's right on par. It's on theme with us. I hate it had to be one of our guys. And like we said, prayers up to Juju. From what I've heard, He's, like he's doing better. Fine. He, he left mm-hmm. the stadium. Everything was quiet. He didn't have to go to the hospital or anything. So now we just hope that he obviously he can return. He may miss a week. Usually, when you get a concussion, you miss a game. Yeah, he may not play. Ooh, which yeah. next week's a big one. We'll get into that later. But yeah, exactly. So obviously, we have other guys have to step up. But yeah, going forward, you just want to see the game called the correct way. And when a guy clearly gets hit head to head, and everybody in the stadium knew with that, like all the players immediately went to one knee. Immediately when they saw Juju on the ground, because they knew what kind of hit it was. So for them to have that reaction, and as Chris said, for them to throw the flag, if them to pick it up after the reaction they saw, it was it was very uncharacteristic or so, or sorry, un, unfortunate for us to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? I thought the one that happened to Marquez later was actually worse. That one was uh, high up, yeah, yeah, it up. was high up. It almost looked like Cisco launched himself into the like. Yeah. The first one to Juju, I think, was just football. I don't think Cisco was headhunting. I just think, you yeah. know, sometimes football things are going to happen. As unfortunate as it is, exactly. the second one to Marquez, and thank goodness Marquez was fine. He got up right away. But that one looked a lot more like targeting than anything else I saw yeah. on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, so. And then, of course, of course, after the fans are giving Cisco the business, people are yelling, flipping him off on the sideline on the Jacks. <laughs> like, uh, Chiefs fans were not were relentless on this man. He gets the pick later, and I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, out of all the people, that would out be of him. all the guys, out of all man, the players, it had to be him. So, I know it's on an irrelevant team that the Chiefs don't play very often, but uh, I think a new semi-villain. I don't want to completely embrace it because uh, 
again, he's irrelevant on an irrelevant team. But a semi villain in Cisco was born yesterday in his play yeah, against the Chiefs. You never see him again. I'll right, right. You're never going to see him again or an irrelevant game, but it was still, uh, still left a bad taste in her mouth. But I thought, you know, it was weird because, you know, you had the overall, I thought the offense played well. I mean, you look at the, you look at the stats and they support that Mahomes going 331, four touchdowns. But actually watching the game, it, it just kind of felt like they weren't being as productive as they were. You know, there was the fumble on the first drive. There was, you know, that penalty on Juju, which since nothing was called, they had to punt. Like there was just a lot of breaks in the action. You know, they didn't even score in the fourth quarter. Like what, was that just kind of how the game went, or did you, what, what was you? What was your thoughts watching it on how that offense was playing? Obviously, like you would like to see more cleaner drives. Like obviously, we started off the game when we got the stop, and shout out to our defense to having to like obviously be on high alert, getting the onside kick by the Jags, and have to be on the field to be ready to get the stop, get the ball back. We move down the field, we get all the way, and honestly, one of our better runs this year. Unfortunately, Pacheco put it on the ground, and Jacksonville recovered it. So. But to see after that and give that confidence and Andy give the ball right back to Isaiah and him continue to run hard, Chris, he did it the entire game, broke so many tackles. One of his best runs only went for like – one of my favorite runs in the game only went for three or four yards. But to see him have that contact balance that me and you have been asking for to break – me, me and Chris talk about this all the time. We need guys to break tackles. Because as a running back, most running plays are built for you to have a one-on-one. And you have to win that one-on-one. So you have to get around that guy, whether you juke him, stiff arm him, run through him or whatever. You got to make him miss and get and get off the tackle. So for him to break so many tackles he did yesterday, I'm going to look up exactly. But I know he averaged five yards a carry yesterday, which is a great average for him, a great average for our line. Obviously, we've seen how Jerry McKinnon has ran the ball in the past with this offense. If we can average four to five yards a carry with this offense, and we're obviously the number one offense in the league on third down, and obviously mm-hmm. we can spread the ball out. So we had another another game with what? seven or eight guys getting a catch. So it's just another game of spreading the ball around to all of our receivers and tight ends and backs. When we have this kind of balance, it's really hard to stop us. 300-plus yards rushing, another 150 yards – 300-plus yards passing and 150 yards rushing. This right. offense is very hard to stop when you have that kind of balance. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. They're, they're clicking, and there's a reason they're number one in the AFC. Uh, last quick thing before you move on to the defense is I want to give uh, a shout-out to Prince Tego Onego. Or how, 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 how do you say his last name? I said, I, I'm a butcher. Don't ask me. I just been all right, right, all right. Prince Tego Wanego, or however you say it. that man came out and played right tackle, and it was seamless against a pretty good, pretty good Jags defense. So, um, yeah. like, I like to see when guys get their number called, they're ready. And uh, as long as I didn't notice you playing that as at the offensive line, that's all I really care about. <laughs> like you weren't, you weren't noticeably getting burnt, cooked every every play. So, uh, shout out. <laughs> so shout out to Prince. Um, so he had, he he did well at the at the right tackle spot, and we'll see uh, what Wiley's status is later this week. But let's get back to the defense because the defense back to back week, and, and you know what? I think we've said this before. I think overall the defense has played well all year. Um, their numbers may be a little inflated because the Chiefs have been in you know four or five shootouts and they've played some better offenses. So naturally, but for the most part, we saw it again. The defense has been balling out. Absolutely. When you have multiple guys getting to the quarterback, it's it's very it's very it's very interesting as a defensive coordinator and spags to know like, hey, because obviously coming into the game, we had concerns like, is George Kalafis going to actually get off blocks? Is is Carlos Dunlap going to show his age? How are we going to react without having another rusher with um obviously Frank being out for the suspension? It's just too much pressure on Chris Jones. They answered everything, Chris. I mean, like Chris, your twin had two sacks. Carlos Dunlap, shout out to Carlos Dunlap, his career, 100 sack. That was great to see for his career. That's a hell of a 
lot of football to play to get 100 sacks, people. So shout out to Carl Lester and accomplishing a career milestone. George Karloft is one of the top dudes in the league in pressures and the top in batted passes. Hey, if he's yeah. not good to the quarterback, Chris, the least you can do is get your hands up and knock the ball right. down. So he does that very well. And obviously, guys like, bro, Colin Saunders, another dominant game. It's so good this year. What is he eating? Whatever pregame meal you're eating, so keep doing it, bro. It's working. Don't change nothing. Whatever you're doing before tonight, bro. Whatever hey. bed you're in, don't switch it. Hey, there was, there's a reason he was a third-round t- uh, talent, but there's also a reason he went to the school, he, the small school he went to. He was just a late bloomer, took some time. The Chiefs didn't give up on him, and they're starting to, to bear the fruit of that patience and him coming into his own a little bit. Absolutely. That's why I was so excited coming into camp. I wanted to see Colin Saunders, Tashawn Wharton, Mike Dana, see that rotation of guys to go along with. Carlos and George and Frank. I wanted that three and three rotation to be together. And then unfortunately, Tershawn Warden went down with an injury. But Colin Saunders has picked up the slack and then some. And then mm-hmm. we also got Mike Dynam back from injury a couple weeks ago. And if these guys are really getting this chemistry and start rolling, if we can be, I know we're not going to be like the, one of the top five defenses in the league, but me right. and Chris have always said, if we can be opportunistic, just be getting timely stops and give the ball back to this offense who we know can score whenever they want to we're really going to be a tough team to beat when we get to the quarterback. And that's really the only thing we've been asking for, like the Buffalo game. We couldn't get to Josh Allen. Yesterday, given for dismay is Trevor Lawrence. You, When you get to the quarterback and you want to get him on the ground, obviously in sacks, pressures are just as important. And when you get to the quarterback and knock off his timing and you stop the run, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay put on a master class yesterday. Clean it up. Bro, because bro, Travis Etienne was one of the better runners in the league this year. He's been one of the best running backs. I think he's been averaging almost 100 yards a game. So to go in there, we held him to what? I think he only had like 50 or 60 yards yesterday. So they had a great game to run, especially when people are already doubting us after the way we played against our performance against Derrick Henry the week before. So like, all right, that's the weakness of the Chiefs, that you can run the ball on them. So the whole Travis Etienne to only 45 yards, that's a hell of a day coming off Derrick Henry on, on that Sunday night game. So I'm super proud of this defense for going there and doing their job. Right, and now I think it's also fair to finally put a grade on, on- – McDuffie because that dude balled out as well. Gonna have games so far. Look at right. Like I didn't feel like talking about him last week because it was you know Malik didn't really throw and it was like can you really grade a corner when the quarterback only completes five passes on the receivers? Trevor Lawrence threw the ball downfield and you know what I love the most out of young corners is that they already know how to turn their head. Look, bro, Chris, if you would have heard me in the stands, I said he looked for the ball twice. Both deep balls on him. He, he looked quite – and the second one actually should have been offensive de- pass interference on the yeah, replay. They, like, grabbed him down, and I was like, McDuffie may have had a pick on that second one. Like, it's small sample size, but definitely love what I've seen from Trent so far. You know who got cooked a little bit, who didn't have his best day? Sneed. Sneed seemed a little bit. And it wasn't just on the touchdown. He he got beat uh, uh, quite a few. Now some of it was on some zone on some zone crosses, crosser routes, and s- things like that. But like he he didn't he didn't seem to have lost a step in this game. He wasn't quite sure where the ball was going. And you know, guys are going to have that. You're not going to have your A game every single yeah, time. Sneed's sure. still the best corner on this team, but he was the only one to me that was on the entire defense really noticeably getting beat more times than not, you know? Yeah, so was, I, I, that yeah. was a little tough to see just cause he is that guy, but it's still nice to see, you know, Josh Williams out there, uh, Watson and, and McDuffie, the three young rookie corners out there, not making plays and not being burdens at this point in the season. No, absolutely. And obviously, you know, you guys are going to have their law 
calls and everything. Right, right, for sure. See, guys, like everyone, obviously, our whole unit was remotely for the most part healthy. Besides, we're going to get Frank Clark back this week. So Leo Chanel made some plays. He made great progress from what I wanted to see from Tennessee up to this week. It seems like he's getting more comfortable every week in his defense, Chris. I think he's getting more because obviously we know his strength is being on the line of scrimmage compared to being off the ball. But I can see him getting more and more. He's making calls now when he's like making his reads and his decisions as far as gaps or when to obviously get around blocks. He's great at the line of scrimmage of disengaging or blitzing, but he's actually making good decisions of when to shoot that gap or when to shoot the hole to go tackle the running back. And that's one of the things I had the most concern about him is because that's obviously his athleticism isn't the greatest, but his effort is very high, similar to George. And when you get him on the same page, as far as like a Willie Gay or a Nick Bolton, it's going to do nothing but make him better. Because obviously we know he's a great tackler. He just has to focus on the technique. So he showed those things yesterday. And for him to go out there and play the way he did, for that third linebacker, which is very key for our defense, because obviously Wick and Nick and Willie can't play every snap, Leo Chanel is right. going to have to come in and make plays. And he very, very improved, very much improved a lot yesterday. And that was definitely, definitely great to see. The one thing this defense needs to be better at is taking the ball away. I, I think I think all three levels are solid. They're not elite, but they're all three solid. And that's all, again, all you want. But they need to start taking the ball away. The, the Chiefs are getting killed in the turnover ratio right now, even though they're 7-2. and two. And a lot of that is because the defense is solid and the offense is great. So you can overcome those turnovers more so than other teams. But man, it makes it a lot easier when you know that you can, you can get come away with an interception or a strip sack or something like that. So that's all, that's my only real complaint over what three weeks over the last three weeks, even four. I don't even think they played that bad against the bills. Um, The last time I really had an issue was when Devontae Adams was, was cooking them. But ever since Devontae Adams went off, the last four games has been, you know, B B to A plus B plus to A plus ratings on all four games on the defense. And that's that's huge. Just take the ball over take the ball away more. Absolutely. And I feel teams may end up trying Trent McDuffie. One of these two games are gonna say, Oh, Chris has been talking him up. CJ's been saying he's you've been hearing people say Trent McDuffie bag or McDuffie Island or whatever it is. One of these QBs, I'm like, all right, let's try this young kid out. So I think twenty one's gonna get his first pick coming very, very soon in the defense. So I think hey, one of these quarterbacks so. may be a little aggressive. So I <laughs> hope so, man. They, I would love it because he's uh again small sample size. I think two total games and one of those games or like two and a half total games and one of those games was against a non-threat at quarterback. But strong showing early. All right, we got a big game though. Flex coming up. Flex to Sunday night. Flex, and it's against the Chargers. The Chargers, you know, doing what the Chargers do. Come out hot, look real good. Only to lose to the 49ers on Sunday night football. They're now five and four. This becomes a must win game for the Chargers. And this is hilarious, Chris. As soon as you said that, one of the, I guess one of the um beat writers for the Chargers literally tweeted this out two minutes ago. Let me read this to you. Literally, this is 612. This is tweeted out at 607. Coach <laughs> Chargers coach Brandon Staley says wide receiver Keenan Allen and Mike Williams should be back at practice this of week. Course. Of this course. Everybody plays when the Chiefs come on. If it's not the Chiefs, oh, they're going to sit down. They're going to take their time. They want to get more time to rest. So they see that red and white pop up on the screen. All right, guys are going to play this week. It's That's always us, Chris. Why is it us? Why are we the Super Bowl? Because you want to play the best. Because and oh, I'm, I'm here for oh, okay. it. Okay, I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure everyone knows. I'm here for it. I want to see their best players try to come back and, and play against the Chiefs. And the even this this could be Raiders week or whatever, but the Chargers the, and the Chargers would have to get their guys back because they're in must-win territory to keep up with the Chiefs this week because, like, they're 5-4. and four. They've already lost to the Chiefs once. They lose this game. The Chiefs have a three-game lead. 
go to eight and two while the Chargers are five and five with the tiebreaker going to the Chiefs. So you're essentially four games back with seven games to go. Lock up the AFC West if the Chiefs can win this week. I mean, this is the Chiefs need to look at it that way too. Like, Absolutely. hey, you win this game, the AFC must is pretty much locked. Yeah, up. we're we're winning our division again by week. Absolutely. Can you? So what? It'll be week eleven. Week eleven? Yeah, week eleven. After all this talk, all the doubt about oh. about oh the Chargers. Some people were on the Broncos. A few people were on the Raiders. If the Chiefs win this week, you could by week eleven almost week without 11. a doubt be like. Chiefs AFC West Championship. And didn't they tell me this was going to be like the best division in football? And oh, gonna, man. Uh, week met, 11? Oh, man. 11, really? <laughs> man, all I can think of the Pat is the Patrick Starr emoji because the real best division's in the East. So it's like, oh, you, the best division's East? I thought East? you said Weast. Weast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it wasn't the way, it wasn't the Weast there, Patrick. The East actually has the best division right now in football. The no, West crazy. is trash. That's crazy, bro. That AFC is nasty right now. Yeah, yeah. They, again, they, all this talk about the West is actually out East, but like, I'm. Mean, it's just. And you know what? As much as I want to sit here and give credit to the Chiefs, and they deserve some. Obviously, this is really tough to do. And again, there's still some work to do. I'm, I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But overall, a lot of it is just this d- division imploding on itself. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. like Absolutely. the Broncos trading for all their future for a wash quarterback. The the Raiders thinking a failed head coach whose biggest accomplishment is working with a, another coach and another quarterback would fix their problems. And then the Chargers, you know what? I don't even know if the Chargers are doing anything wrong. They're just cursed. Like they just literally can't can't get out of their own way everything that happens oh can't get right yeah 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 yeah. and and then it just so but to the actual game since again i uh, we did get a little of our head of ourselves because that is what at stakes this game and we always play the chargers tough the charger excuse me that should say the chargers always play the chiefs tough what are you kind of expecting especially knowing this is a do or die game for them i expect them to go all out like we just said mike williams has been out for the past three weeks, I believe, and now he's all of a sudden practicing. Keenan Allen's been dealing with a hamstring, and we saw the trend last week with the Titans. Jeffrey Simmons and Ryan Tannehill made the trip to not play, and then obviously we saw the Titans. Half of their players didn't play yesterday because they were all trying to win the game on Sunday night here in Kansas City. So we're the Super Bowl. We're the standard for most of these teams in the NFL. So to see, obviously, we know we know what they're going to do. They're going to come in. They're going to give it their all. Justin Herbert's going to play a great game, and obviously he tried to will his team. To a victory last night against the San Francisco 49ers. And we know uh, Joey Bosa, we know he's out um, for a long period of time for the year. Um, JC Jackson, they, they signed a free agency. He's out. He's hurt as well. And they lost their left tackle with Sean Slater. So it's not going to be an easy, uh, easy matchup for them because we're coming in hot. We're playing really good football right now. But like Chris said, when it's division games, none of that trend, none of that striker stuff matters. It's all about what you do in the division because they know you better than anyone else because you see each other twice a year. We know Brandon Staley. He knows us. We played him on Thursday night to start off the season. It was a very, very tough game. It went down to the wire. We obviously know how that game ended. We had to get the pick six from Jalen Watson to to seal the game. So um, when you play division teams, you really can't take that for granted because they're division teams for a reason. All those games are always tough. So, And I think the guys are going to be even more focused, Chris, because you just said this is a game where we can really lock up the division in week 11 if we win this game. That's huge. And we already have the number one seed in hand right now. That's where the number one seed in the AFC currently. So winning this game would do so much confidence boost for this team as if we needed any more. But you never want to take games for granted, especially games like this, because 
coming into the season, people had so much doubt against us. So I'm big on keeping the same energy, Chris. So I don't want the love from the national media now. Yeah. Keep that same energy. We're not the team you thought we were going to be. This is a, what, rebuild year, Chris? That's what they were telling me. So keep that same energy. <laughs> stay on that. Didn't Keenan Allen say we were going to – some people are going to get exposed? Uh, yeah, yeah. He bet his hamstring again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love Petty Chris. But, no, um, no it's, it's always a tough game when you play against division teams, man. I expect nothing less. I expect it to be a close, hard-fought game. Obviously, I, I, want it, I want it to be a blowout, but it's division games, man. They're going to give it their all. They're going to play some of their best football because, what, the Chiefs are in town. So, I expect nothing less. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good game, too. My two biggest keys are it's a lot of what we saw in the first first game but is how is Orlando Brown going to do against Mac? Because Mac got him a Real lot in that, in that first game. And I expect him to get him a lot, of too. So, the Chiefs navigating that is going to be – um, something that they're going to have to overcome. But also, you know, Eckler had a pretty good game against the Chiefs. I know he didn't get in the end zone, I don't think, but, like, he had he racked up quite a few yards. And a lot of that was because Willie Gay was over-pursuing a few, a few plays. You know, they, he was reading the screens. He was reading those flat routes out there to Eckler and then would run right by him or Eckler would make a miss. Sure enough, those tackles and making sure Eckler doesn't start breaking those little passes into big gains, I'm not really worried about, I think I think if Mike Williams. What I'm trying to say is Mike Williams and Keenan play. They're going to get their yards. They're just too good, and Herbert's too good of a receiver. And with the young guys like that's just going to be part of the game. But making sure that Eckler doesn't become the issue on the ground and through the air, I think, is going to keep this give the Chiefs the advantage going forward. Absolutely, we said coming into the season this was going to be one of our tougher matchups because, like Chris said, they just have so many weapons. And even newer guy that are getting involved, DeAndre Carter had 100 yards last night, and guys like Josh Palmer who's Palmer's getting involved. Good, yeah. They have multiple guys that can make plays on this offense. I believe Gerald Everett is hurt, so he may not be active. But knowing right. him, he may be active just because <laughs> everybody plays when the Chiefs come in town. They get magically right. healthy. So, um, yeah, we knew coming into the season, Josh, uh, uh, Justin Herbert has a lot of guys to get the ball to. Um, like we said, Josh Palmer, DeAndre Carter, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Austin Eckler is one of the best, most versatile backs in, in football, man. It's just you can't, like I said, you can't take these games for granted because these are the games when you – do that, you get caught slipping, and you don't want it to turn into a trap game. So I don't think you need any extra motivation because this isn't a hat and T-shirt type game, but it essentially is because if you do, you can essentially lock up the division. So mm-hmm. I think guys are going to be super motivated. Every time we go across the, um, the water to go play them, we know what it is when we go over there to SoFi, or it's called Arrowhead West now. That's what I heard on Twitter. Oh, is it called Arrowhead West? I heard I, Arrowhead West. So I know we, we were have... talking about locking things up. I don't want to get that cocky yet because last time it took overtime and it took a little Travis Kelsey – juice to get to win it but uh and we what the last the other the last two times Mahomes has won there's taken overtime right you know the yeah, first game yep. so so you know I don't want to get ahead of ourselves because there's going to be a lot on the on the line in this against the Chargers all the, the games no, are always good against the Chargers there's always a lot of red every time a lot of red in but the, yeah you know, when we travel to California so <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and so I mean it's I'm excited. This game should these the Chargers and Chiefs should play two primetime games every year like they are this year. And I mean, it's Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes. I don't know what more you can ask for. Right, Herbert's never made the playoffs. The Chargers always seem to be stuck in turmoil, but there's just a different energy when these two teams play. That I just Absolutely. as a football fan, you know, take the bias aside, just gets me excited to watch these teams that know each other so well exactly. get after it. Exactly. And that's all I want. That's all I want Sunday. Obviously, I want the Chiefs to win, but I, I do want a competitive back and forth. And I know there's a lot of Chiefs fans like say, no, I want to win 35 to 10. But like, <laughs> right, right, right. But I just, I don't know. I just like when these divisional games are, are these competitive, hard hit, 
you know, 35, 31, you know, the offenses are slinging it kind of games. That's what I want. That's what I like. No, it's, it's going to be a good game. And like we said, it's a different matchup when it comes to week two. Obviously, we have Trent McDuffie in our mm-hmm. lineup. He wasn't there. They have Keenan Allen in their lineup. They lost a lot of guys like J.C. Jackson won't be there. Oh, Rashad Slater, Joey Bosa. It's, it's a lot of a lot of difference for their team as well. So um, it's going to be like Chris. It's, it's always a good game whenever the Chargers and the Chiefs meet up, man. Division rivals, we don't like them. They don't like us. I'm sure there will be a lot of good banter this week on the timeline and in, in the local media. So. And this this game means a lot because we can literally. I never in my life thought we would have locked up the division in week eleven. Never would never would have thought that. Yeah. I just had too much respect for all these quarterbacks and all this talent coming into our division. I thought it was going to take obviously down to the wire for us to do this. So for us to be able to do that and lock up the division in week eleven, and we're not even in December yet, that says a lot about this team and this coaching staff. I'm proud of these guys, but like Chris said, the battle's not over yet. We're only half a little over halfway through the season. Got a lot of football left, and obviously right. it's any given Sunday. Everyone saw the craziness that happened yesterday on Sunday. You can't take any win or any game for granted. Respect your opponent. Come in there, be focused, be locked in, and definitely go in there and try to handle business and try to win this division for sure. We're gonna get blamed if the Chiefs lose, and we're not even sitting here guaranteeing a win or anything. We're just we're just talking enough about a potential, you know, lockup that we're gonna get blamed if if the Chiefs do lose. Again, I think it's gonna be a competitive handle business, game, fellas. Handle business, man. It, yeah, it would not surprise me if we saw the Chiefs lost by a field goal or a touchdown or something. But I do think the Chiefs have at the advantage going into this, just on a health wise, momentum wise, coaching wise. I mean, the only thing that real and you could without Bosa, you can really say Mac and Jones is a wash. I mean, really, I don't know if there's other than running back and how how important do we really think running back is on the six. I think that's the only place without a doubt that you could be like the Chargers are better than the Chiefs are. Yeah, Everywhere sure. else is either a wash or really close one way or the other or huge in the, in the Chiefs favor. Exactly. That's probably only the one position I would give them that they have Eckler outside of that. I'm comfortable with any other position we have. Yeah, even the wide receiver group. Like, even if Juju doesn't go and Mike Williams and and uh, Keenan play, it's like they're not 100. percent Darius looks good. Hartman probably will be back. Marquez is shown shown fight. Justin Watson cooked. I used cooked way too many times in this podcast, but just like, <laughs> <laughs> just Watson cooked uh, um, Jackson last time for a nice 43 yard bomb. So like. Maybe the Chargers would take on paper have a slight advantage, but I'd still feel good about the guys going in there, even if Juju doesn't play this week. No, absolutely. I I fully expect Juju to sit out a week. We know right. our, our coaching staff and our training staff has been super cautious with guys, and obviously we see the hit he went through. And I, and I love how the team responded, and obviously how our team values our players' health over trying to win football games at the moment. So, and like we said, we're super confident in this group, man. And this is why you're thankful. And we brought in guys like Kadarius Tony because there's mm-hmm. so many guys you can go to. And we have three tight ends that can make plays. Now, I said in the camp, we have the best tight end group in the league, and they continue to go out there and prove that. Noah Gray with another touchdown. So, it's going to do nothing but make his confidence grow every single week. Jody making plays in the middle of the field. And the only one mistake, I would say, Jody, just when you get the ball in return, <laughs> you know you're athletic, and I know you have wiggle. That's my guy. I ain't trying to dog him too much. But just get down, bro. You ain't going to run nobody out. Just, just <laughs> oh, man, I love it. Hey, I love the confidence, though. You need that. Yeah, they like missed the field goal. The Jags missed the field goal. So, <laughs> you know, no harm, no foul at the end of the day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, all right, hey, at that time, score prediction time. What are we bro, thinking? I was off by one point. You were so almost close. You almost had it. I need a field goal. It was 27-17. Uh, Harry just didn't want me to be right. That's what it uh, was. Uh, make that field goal, uh, I'm right. Right, right. You're so close. You're so oh, close. Yeah. So let me see what the what's what's Vegas. Uh, the over under is fifty, and I can tell you right away. 
I'm taking the over. Um, oh, yeah. Absolutely. And the Chiefs are seven-point seven favorites. Ooh, Chiefs minus seven. Okay. I'm going to go. This is as of Monday night for anyone who has sees a different line than us. Exactly. And this is in the – we're in so far. no weather or anything. I am going to go Chiefs, 34, Chargers, 26. All right. All right. So what? You have the Chiefs actually covering. Yeah, nice. I got them yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, we, we, I, we covered last week. I was shocked. I was shocked. Yeah, I don't have the Chiefs covering. I, I'm go. I'm going with what I said earlier. 35-31. I want it to be a shootout. I want it to go guns a blazing. I think these offenses know each other well. I think they're going to be a little healthier slash more in sync than they were back in week two. It's also not a Thursday night where there's short time period that both teams have more times to game plan for the opposing defenses. The only reason the Chiefs wouldn't get to 30 points is is because Khalil Mack has a day. Even Derwin James, I'm not who we haven't mentioned yet. Um, he's going to have an impact. I don't think he really will be a direct reason the Chiefs don't get to 30 plus points in this game. No, absolutely. They're, they have great players like Derwin James and Khalil Mack. Guys are very prideful. They're going to go out there and try to make plays for their team. But at the and end of the day. Sorry, it's not even slinging the ball that is is going to be the real reason. The Chargers are terrible. They're one of the worst teams against the run. So if the Chiefs nice. if the Very Chiefs nice. commit to this two running back system, sorry, Clyde, I know you're going to get a few snaps, but if they commit hey, to this two, they're going to get to these two running back system, and Pacheco gets another sixteen to twenty carries. He could have a day. Like he Absolutely. he could have a day if the Chiefs will commit to it. If they start doing this three running back thing, and Clyde gets ten carries, and Pacheco gets ten carries, who knows what happens? But I, I, if they commit to this run against this bad run defense, with one running back, I think we could look up and be like, man, the Chiefs have two hundred yards rushing and like two hundred and eighty yards passing, or something like that. You know? No, absolutely. And so, I know they've been a lot of they've given up a lot of runs over the years and passed, and this is the same trend for them. And they've had numerous guys go down with injury. So there's no reason why we shouldn't come in there and dominate via run game. So the right. only reason I felt we would cover the spread that least would be because of that fact you just said. Yeah. If we yeah. truly do run the football, they don't have that many possessions. So I don't think they'll be able to score that many points. If we can keep them under 30, I'll be happy with that. So Right, right. No, and with it, like you said, even with it being Arrowhead West, I just still and I still still get a little worried about seven points is a lot for a divisional game. This could be Vikings. a lot of red in the building, this, baby. It's gonna be, be a lot of red in so This could be Vikings, Lions, or you know, like Bucks, Panthers, or something. I'd still have a hard time taking a seven plus on a dog just because division division games, man, they're different. They're a different breed. So, no, absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> but uh, all right, I think yeah, that's I, gonna. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go oh, I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna stick with it. Yeah, no, no. I wasn't trying to talk you out of it. I was trying to talk my keep myself into it because I wanted to, I want to be on your end and be like, all right, the Chiefs would Chiefs would forty. I want to say like forty five to twenty or something crazy like that. But uh, okay. I, I, I figured like the game we wouldn't cover would have been like like last game like Sunday. That would have been the game we don't cover because we yeah, played yeah. down to our competition. Yeah, we. But did usually when it's like a bigger game, Justin Herbert, Chargers are going to be super desperate because they need this game, like you said earlier. That's yeah. why I feel like all right, we're going to show up. We're going to come to play. That's, right. that's why I feel we covered this spread. No, no, for sure, for sure. It'll be interesting to see. No one really cares make, about make our score prediction. I was almost right. Yeah, I think this is everyone's <laughs> least favorite part because no one really cares if we're right or wrong anyway. But we it, we have fun with it at least. So. As long as we get, <laughs> but uh, we like to be right about something, guys. So. Right. All right. Hey, CJ. Before we get out of here, where can the good people reach you at? You guys can always find me on Twitter. My at name is CGZ81. That's CJEEZY81. 
My DMs are open. My ads are open. If you want to talk about the game recap, I will definitely post my favorite plays on our team account at the Aftermath KC. Please retweet it, follow us, subscribe, all that stuff. I'm definitely going to try to post some plays from my favorites of the, of, the, of the Jacksonville Jaguars matchup and talk about the previews of this week against the Chargers. So look out for that. And thank you for the love and support, guys, always. Yeah, you've been killing it with that last week. I really, really enjoyed listening to your breakdown of some of those clips. Um, and for me, you can follow me on Twitter at 10penny88. You know, always, always talking about football, whether it's the Chiefs or not. So just always give me, give me a holler. But as always, like CJ said, thank you so much for your support. And we'll talk to you next time. Chiefs.